It's February 14th, 2018. In today's episode, the guys welcome Taylor Frazier to the show with her Valentine's Day do's and don'ts. And later, part two of our chat with former Canadian bullfighter Scott Byrne. It's Cowboy Stuff with Ted and Weesey, brought to you by Everything Cowboy. She was his girl, his only world. <laughs> that string of pearls that slipped away. What is this, what's the next part? He fills a jukebox and plays the same old songs. He fills a glass, then he turns her memory on. Cause it's a full heart in memory. It won't let him see that she's walked out the door. He's got a full heart in memory. He sits patiently here every night so it can fool him more. That's my favorite George Street song. It's quite a quite a fitting song for the episode. For this of episode. Love. It's Valentine's Day, <laughs> February fourteenth, two thousand and eighteen. Huge day, big day. What do you have planned for your Valentine's Day, there, buddy? Well, buddy? actually, this is kind of weird because, like, today's February fourteenth, and I'm actually in San Antonio. How are you Tejas. doing this? How are you doing this? Teleportation. Wow. So I'm actually <laughs> So I'm actually not even here right now. I'm actually somewhere else. He's here, but he's not here. But I'm That's in your head. Thing. I'm in your head. In your ears. Oh my gosh. So yeah, Valentine's <laughs> Day. <laughs> yeah. Gonna get some flowers? Gonna get some chocolates? I don't know what I'm doing yet in oh. San Antonio. <laughs> 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 no, I've never been to San Antonio before. So Meg and I are going to Nicaragua. Her dad has a place down there. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna go down there. We leave... Uh, we left on February 5th and we get home on the 16th. So time travel. What? Heck Wait, no. Thing. Fifth, we go to Nicaragua and we fly through Houston. Then we go, uh, we get down there the fifth and then we come back to Houston on the 13th, I believe of, uh, it's like a Tuesday. And then we got a car rented. We're going to drive down to, uh, uh, San Antonio for a few days. I have a friend that has a house there. So going to stay with them for a few days. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's check out the rodeo. I've never been to San Antonio before, so I want to check it out. Nice. So we're going to go check that out. But Megan, yeah, she's real. So Girlfriend. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I got a date to go on Valentine's Day. Ooh, you already planned it? Mm-hmm. Well, today's Valentine's Day, so how, did, how does it go? How was it? Well, it's probably going to be <laughs> happening because it's happening on Wednesday night. So hopefully, it's going, hopefully it goes good. But yes. Tell us how it went. It's going to go great. Tell us ideally how it went. Uh, like, ideally, like back. perfect world. Yeah. Because like last Valentine's Day was probably the best date I've ever been on. But like I've touched on it, but like this Valentine's like this is gonna be good. You talk you tell us about it later. So what we're gonna so what we're gonna do. So what's gonna happen? What you did. What we did. Or show up show up to the house. Flowers in hand. Ooh. Good move. And I also got this super funny little gift gift I got on Amazon the other day. You got it? Yeah, it's cool, man. Well, it is. It is February fourteenth. Yeah, so I got this gift, and it's like super thoughtful and funny, and I'm awesome. Anyways, what is it? You can tell us now because yeah, like, no one so, know. So Chelsea, she's <laughs> he has a harmonica. She's real. Yeah, she's a real person. <laughs> she uh, she has. Should a harm- we use fake names just for like witness Bridget. here? So Bridget, <laughs> she has this harmonica she got for Christmas, and she's like, she was telling me all about it and how pumped up she is, and like I'm like I always ask her like how it's coming along, how she's like practicing. She's like, oh, I never have time. Like I'm so busy with homework and reading and whatever. So <laughs> me being the most thoughtful person in the world, I go on Amazon. I get one of those. I got one of those like. You know, like with the, the neck holders with the harmonica. Yeah. So like she could put it in there and like <laughs> she, she could practice her harmonica oh when she's doing God. homework and stuff. So 
I got her that for, it was oh like, my God. it wasn't fixed. It wasn't like, didn't break the bank or anything. But oh my God. How, isn't that good? Uh, so good. Yeah. So, so yeah, show up, give her the gift. We're going to, we're going to this thing. It's uh it's like a date night at Axel in Calgary. So like the first mm-hmm. half is, mm-hmm. is uh head to head foam tip arrow, like foam arrow tag or whatever. Oh dang. Yeah. So we're going to do that. And then we go do some axe throwing. I'm probably going to lose because she's pretty good at it actually. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know what's going to happen after that. (laughs) (laughs) What happens after that is for another podcast. That's for another time. Not, uh, not our podcast. Yeah. I don't know what's going to, it's not rated for our podcast. (laughs) So no, it'll be, I'm pretty excited for it. I think it's kind of funny how you already have yours planned and I like, see, that's like, that's how I am though. Like I, I'm like really thoughtful. Like when it comes to dates and stuff, I'll, I'll plan out a date like two weeks in advance for easily. Yeah. See, I don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow yet. Neither do I, but I know what I'm doing on Valentine's day. (laughs) Fair enough. And today's podcast, we're going to Taylor Frazier. Taylor is the person behind all our graphics. Yeah. She does a great job on the show. She does so good. She does some cool shit. The creator of the cowboy shit podcast graphic. A number of other things she does. She's done a lot of stuff for the Ty Pazabon Foundation for us. She's just a kick-ass. She's a hustler. Cool chick. She is a hustler. She's also the uh, creator, founder, writer behind whiskeyandpicklejuice.com and is A-N-D. Ten, Spell it out. 10 out of 10 would recommend that. Yeah, would recommend. It's really good. She's got some pretty awesome stories. Which, unreal. Which gave me the idea to have her on this show because it's the Valentine's Day show. So... She's going to be on the show. Got some great stories. Mm. And we continue our conversation with Scott Byrne from last episode. The legend. The saga of Scott Byrne. The Scott Byrne saga. The Scott saga. Continues. Episode six. Episodes five and six are nearly all dedicated to Scott Byrne. Which is great. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't like you give us like giving some Valentine's Day stuff, but I mean, we we can look past it. We didn't go there. We do. Yeah. Yeah. There's some good stuff. Not like we need to. Like Scott and Reagan, they they like they're cool. They got kids and stuff. Yeah, they know what it's about. Dylan, Braden, one of the coolest families. In yeah, the they're sport awesome. Yeah. Bull riding. I'll never I forget those guys. I have a funny story with Scott, actually. Oh really? Yeah, it was at the one year at the Manitoba finals. I've been there. Yeah, and he was doing like the the go round winner interviews. So was I there? Or was this a no? This year? is the year before. The year before you came. This is the year I went with Jen and Craig. Oh okay. Yeah, it was the last year I competed there. Okay. So I won the round. Yeah. I actually, I got, a, I got a flashback to the night before. Okay. So okay. the night before I blocked off. There it was. Whatever. Drunk. We all go to the bar. the bar. They do the draw the night before the rodeo. Yeah. The next day. So I was at the bar with everybody and I got, I think Mark Fraser came and told us like what we all had. And I had drawn the bull that was voted bull of the year that year. And he's just a nice bull. Like, it, like he got rode quite a bit. Fucking so like, I proceeded to party even, party even harder. Cause <laughs> I knew the bull that I had the next day. <laughs> <laughs> so I had ever. Next day he rolls around and I, I won, I rode the bull and I won the round. How it's, many points? I was like 80 points. How it much did you win? How much did I win? I was like, I think I was the only guy or one of the only guys who stayed on. So I won like 16, 1700 bucks. Did you win a buckle? They don't have go around buckles. Okay. So I rode them. Did you win a bar tab? Did not win a bar tab. I won an interview with Scott. That's cool. That's also a good prize. <laughs> so I go and do my interview and like, I'm really hungover, like bad at this point. So I do like, I got out my interview with Scott and as soon as it's over, I sprint to the nearest bathroom and like puke my guts out. For oh, me. no way. Yeah, it was. I thought you were going to say like, Scott interviewed you and then you like had to puke over the fence. No, and it was going. close. It was close. I literally had to sprint to the bathroom. Oh no. But yeah, that's funny. It's I was a silly guy. Oh geez. Yeah, that was fun. Good um, times at the Manitoba finals. So yeah, Scott and Taylor on the show today. And we got to remind you 
Canadian Cowboy Ski Race is coming, coming up, up fast. Coming in hot. Yeah. Um, actually, turns out hotel rooms, uh, you probably should have had those by now. Uh, entries, though, are wide open by this time. Again, we're looking in the future with these, but entries are now open. I Any think. more details you can should tell be? the people? Uh, yeah. So it's going to start uh, during the 25th of March. That's a Sunday. Somewhere in there. Sunday fun day, ski race. It's going to be a dandy. We had to move to Saturday. We had, There's a couple conflicting events, like three, actually. We we planned it so far ahead, and the dates, <laughs> the dates still didn't work out. Big week, though. Big week that week. We got the Calgary Stampede Tarp Auction, March 22nd, Thursday. Friday, day off. Saturday, PBR, Monster Energy Tour. Stop number one of the 2018 Huge. tour. Calgary, the Nutrien event center the newly named nutrient newly newly named formerly called the agri western event center march 24th saturday night gonna be a dandy kicking off the monster tour big things in store there we'll talk about more about that next episode mm-hmm. but uh then sunday ski race so we should have a lot of people around it's gonna be huge there's no for excuse for them them no. pbr bull riders being it's there. gonna be uh i think it's gonna be the best ski race we've had yet think so? sunday I'd- and a sunday night party like gonna we're not gonna good. have a supper like we usually have it's gonna be kind of a no, more of an optional party uh I actually haven't planned that yet, but maybe by the time this airs, I will have a plan, but uh, big week, going to be a good one, so make sure you get registered for the ski race, but uh, yeah, after that, I guess, after this show, it's first this week, the CPA schedule kicks off, Red Deer. Red Deer. Got a bull ride in there. Home. Claire's home next weekend, 24th. It's going to be big. That's a good year. Lethbridge. Way to start it off March with March 2nd and 3rd, PBR yeah. season's back. Yeah, PBR. TP Creek, March 10th, so we got like four weeks in a row. Jesus. Week off, and there's Alice. Short stuff. off season, eh? We're really doing it, eh? Mm-hmm. Short off season, but I'd be okay to do some stuff in January. Get it happen. January's kind of slow. We don't want to mess up the Hannah Hockey Weekend. You can't. That's sacred, sacred yeah. weekend. Just can't have that. So, uh, so yeah, that's what's going on on the show today. So we hope you we'll enjoy. Hope you enjoy it. Episode we'll of love. Episode of love. Episode number six. Cowboy shit. Cowboy shit with Ted and Wacy. The guys bring Taylor Frazier from whiskeyandpicklejuice.com onto the show today to talk about her dating do's and don'ts. Here's part two of Cowboy Stuff with Ted and Wacy, brought to you by Everything Cowboy. Being that it's Valentine's Day, you know, people are probably planning stuff with their significant others and going on dates and getting gifts and chocolates and all that fun stuff. Can you uh, give some of these, the fine young men out there, some dating do's and don'ts when it comes to Valentine's Day? Oh, the do's and don'ts. I know so many don'ts. Well, uh, yeah. it's here, but that's that's the like that's the biggest thing I find. You never know like what not to do, or like they don't really give you anything. It's such a guessing game. I, it's yeah. like a, I'm not a mind reader. Well, we're we're hard to please some days, some days, every day. Most Let's day, be real. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't know. Um, you know, there's a lot going on with the internet dating world, and people are jumping into things they don't know a lot about each other. So it's hard to find that common ground sometimes, mm-hmm. and and find something to do together that you don't both hate or. Um, things like that. So everybody does the dinner and a movie and the, that's lame. Yeah. Lame. You know, what's not lame. Like Louise, not lame. I, I, I'll give you like, I'm an expert date planner. Like I, I'm really good at planning dates. So like what's, what's your, um, pinnacle of dating? What was like the best date you ever planned? Best date I ever went on. It actually was last year on Valentine's day. It was unreal. Nice. Yeah. So we went, uh, to this place called Ingenation and it's like a trampoline park slash like obstacle course place. And they had like a, date night paint night thing nice so we uh we went for the so the first half of it was paint night and you like had to like paint like a painting like once you did your separate ones it would come together to be one painting so we did that and then the rest of the group voted on the paintings and and where and did you rank number one we won yeah clearly and then the next the second half of it was like 
uh, like uh, on the obstacle courses and you had to do a bunch of challenges and it was timed and the, the team with the fastest time won. Oh yeah. See, that's not my idea of an ideal date. Uh, yeah. I don't want to like s- sweat off my eyeliner that I don't ever wear, <laughs> you know? Uh, but it was like, it was like perfect because like we crushed everybody else. Like there See, was, that's a, awesome. there was a, a couple there that did CrossFit and they thought they were deadly. And like, we absolutely mopped the floor with them. It was so unreal. It would be awesome to either like win or lose terribly would also be kind of fun just to. No, I, I can't lose. No, I'm not. No. I can't like winning is like life. The only thing winning is life. Okay. But yeah, the don'ts like the what don'ts. is like, what, like help us out, help these, these poor men out here <laughs> that don't know what they're doing. I think just getting outside of that box of the same dinner and a movie all the time you know girls are expecting that do do things we're not expecting you know the the i want to say picnic in a park but that's weird and it's winter it's so Jan- it's january well it's february, february january yeah. february yeah i don't know like one of the coolest things i ever got taken on a date for was to um we went on to 17th avenue and did a nice. food tour oh. um it was super cool we went to i think there were six different restaurants and they give you a a course and um, a booze pairing with each nice, one. Nice. And it was really cool because there was other people to talk to if you weren't into your date, I guess. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which I may or may not have been. <laughs> Lana. Uh, no, it was a really good, a really good date. You know, whether or not things worked out after, at least it was a good day together. Um, learn some cool new things. And, you know, you don't want to be stuck somewhere where you can't talk to each other. Right. You know, a movie theater or or a loud bar, you can't talk to each other. I'm a big proponent of like uh, sports games. I really like going to hockey games. Love them. um, Things like that for for first dates. Okay. I got, I got something for us to go off of here. So like you mentioned the whole like online dating, dating app game right now. And there's, you see like on Facebook or Twitter, there's like the, the Tinder nightmares and stuff accounts. Like, can you tell us or walk us through your worst Tinder date or your like your most surprising? Can I? Yeah, yeah I can. We need, we need it. We need to hear it. So it actually wasn't even Tinder. Well, I've had some bad Tinder ones and some bad, plenty of fish ones and some bad every app you can ever imagine. I've got at least three terrible stories, but we're actually going to dig deep into the coffers here and pull out a farmers only.com oh story. I know oh, it's, <laughs> you know, 50% of me is like, I don't want to admit I was ever on that. And 50% of me is like, the story is so wretched you that I, that I have to. Yeah. So Oh man. Okay. So I started talking to this guy and it was kind of in the pre early iPhone ages where you send photos back and forth, but they're like from high school and kind of grainy still. So you can really, yeah. So so I was living in Bizzano. He was somewhere in Saskatchewan and Swift Current was halfway. So that was about four hours. So I'm like, okay, let's meet up in Swift Current and uh, go for supper and hang out. So I drive the four hours to Swift Current, which was horrible to start with. It's a miserable drive. Yeah. It's It's super unscenic. And uh, I get there and I'm like, okay, well I've got to stay in a hotel. I'm not driving four hours and then four hours again, (laughs) because hopefully I'm going to get into some wine and see how things go. So I get there and I get into the hotel room and I have to have a drink or two because I'm getting really nervous because I'm the worst nervous dater. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hear you. So yeah. I'm, you know, changing my clothes and drinking some gin in the room and putting on my eyeliner, which can smell fear. So it's, uh, it's not going well. And <laughs> my, my date, he texts me and he's like, okay, I'm here. I'm at the hotel. I'll pick you up. And I'm like, oh, oh nice. so romantic, right? <laughs> you pick me up and sweep me up my feet. <laughs> So I'm like, okay. So I get my shit together and swagger down the, down the elevator from the fourth floor. And, uh, so the, the doors open to the hotel, the electronic slidey doors. Oh, and fancy doors. I know it's a fancy holiday Ooh. inn. You have no idea. And so there's a white Dodge parked there, which 
that's what he said he drove. So I'm like, okay, sweet. But it's got tinted windows, so I can't see in. Oh. But I can kind of, you know, the lights coming through and I can kind of see him trying to fix his hair and check himself out a little, make sure he's presentable. I'm like, all right, well, he cares. That's cool. Opens his door. So the passenger's... <laughs> Passenger side is to me. Sorry. And I can see his door kind of open. The, the shadow, his door opens and his feet swing out and hit the ground. Uh-oh. <sighs> so I'm kind of looking under the truck and I can see his boots hit the ground. Oh, and they're yeah. those lovely plastic black high heeled like chain cockroach steel toe thing on the front and his jeans are about five inches too short he's expecting a flood he's totally expecting a flood <laughs> and it's not flood season and we're in swift current there's nothing there's no, yeah. you know actually flood Chances speedy creek's not coming no <laughs> so i'm like oh okay so okay i can deal with short jeans and bad boots i guess so and he kind of comes around the truck and he flashes a big old smile and he's got a bunch of gold teeth oh, nice. and i'm like oh and I kind of start to get that feeling inside when you're like, I know this isn't going to be good. And his big horse head buckle and his see-through Jack Daniels snap Lamley shirt. I'm like, oh, man. And then, he, and then he opens his mouth and says those those words. He goes, well, it's nice to meet you. And I'm like, oh, no. Well, I just drove four hours to Swift Current to go on a date with a Mexican Mennonite. <laughs> Which, I mean... You know, everybody's got their thing in their, you know, I just wasn't expecting it. And it kind of was something I felt like I should know going in. Um, But yeah, so I was like, okay, well, I got, I'm here. Let's go hang out with this guy and see what he's about. Give him a shot. Yeah, give him a chance. Right. I'm I'm at least going to make him buy me dinner. Yeah. You know, because that's what I do. (laughs) So so we, we go to Original Joe's and... I order a beer and he also orders his very first beer ever. Um, he literally just ordered a beer. The waitress kind of gave him that look of what kind of beer. And he said, whatever she's having. So he had his first beer. That was exciting. <laughs> and uh, uh, about halfway through the meal, we're eating and everything's going okay. As okay as it could go, I guess. And he puts his fork and his knife down and he kind of looks across the table at me and gives me those love eyes and says, there's something I need to tell you. <laughs> I went, "Uh uh-oh, this can't be good. I said, okay, well, go on. What do you need to tell me? He says, but I just need to tell you, I am a virgin. And I went, oh, no. No, 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 no. And then all the thoughts start coming in of, oh man, now are we, what does he, what does he think's happening here? And has his first beer. Yeah, his first uh, beer. Getting all excited. <laughs> then I find out he's never had a girlfriend. So first girlfriend. Yeah, like it was first a big beer, day. It was a big day for this guy. Big, big first. This Mexi can't. And uh, so we carry on through the date, and I'm like, okay, well, I gotta, I gotta, you know, hang out with this guy for a few more hours, and it'll be fine. So he's kind of doing that, trying to hold the hand and whatever. So we go to a movie. We go see Ted. It was the first Ted. Not not Ted. We it's didn't about see actually Ted. about Ted. It's actually about Ted. If he was a bear Great from, film. from Baston. <laughs> uh, so we're going to this movie and you can tell the jokes in the movie he didn't really get at all. Because it's his about, first movie. It might. You know what? <laughs> it might have been. But they're all about, you know, like sex and drugs and drinking. And he was not laughing at the funny parts and laughing at the non funny parts. Um, so that was weird. He tried to do the arm around, sneak around. I caught a fish this big. Mm-hmm. That's my go-to. <laughs> ah. yeah, you can't real wrong. And how's it working for you? 
Not great. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, oh, so we get to the movie and I'm not hungry. But by this point, I'm like, because I'd eaten. And by this point, I'm like, okay, I've had enough of this. So I'm going to, I'm going to make this guy buy me some popcorn and all this. So I get the jumbo popcorn, which I eat like none of. And the extra, triple extra large Coke, which I drink none of. But at this point, I'm like, I'm just going to put this guy through the paces, the dating paces. It's his first. You've got to feel it out. You got to give him a chance. So we watch the movie and leave and. He suggests a nightcap, so I'm I'm excited now. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get a, a good solid drink in before the end of the night. I, I've earned this. Yeah, he's maybe earned it, I guess. So we're driving down the road, and there's a pub, and I'm like, oh, stop! There's a pub, and he keeps driving, and oh, we no. keep driving. And I'm like, oh, look, there's another one, and we keep driving, and he pulls into the Tim Hortons. I said, what's happening here? He said, we're going for a nightcap. I thought you could use a tea, so. That was exciting. Not, not what I was expecting no. again. Um, yeah. So we got tea and he was driving me back off of the hotel and I find out he's staying at the same hotel. So oh, wow. that's convenient. Coincidence. Super convenient. Yeah. I quite. don't think, yeah, maybe you do it. Yeah. So we go in and get in the elevator and he's like, oh, what floor are you on? And I kind of hesitate. I'm like, oh, four. So I hit the button. He's like, oh, me too. I'm like, oh, this is weird. Okay, cool. So we go up the escalator and I'm walking down the hallway and he's following me and I'm like, there's no way he can't be in the same hallway as me. Like there's multiple wings to this holiday inn. And so I put my key in the door and open my door. I'm like, Hey, good night. Bye. And he does that hand on the door thing where they push past you kind of so he's coming in. So I'm like, oh, this is good. This is perfect. This is perfect. But it was perfect timing because I knew the stampede highlights were on TV and I could kind of watch the wagons in the rodeo and hopefully he'd just want to leave. And this Holiday Inn had no chair, no bench, no nothing in the room, just a bed and a desk. And so he, you know, climbs on the bed beside me to watch the rodeo highlights and kind of slides his hand over and he's rubbing my hand a little. <laughs> and he looks Classic. and he goes, he goes, you know... I'm really excited you're my girlfriend and I feel really safe with you. And I I froze. Like you can't shoot this poor first date guy down immediately, but oh man, I felt so bad. And then he started going on about how he's excited that I could meet his family and which I also learned on this date that they still all live together because that's what they that's do. That's what they do, yeah. yeah, that's yeah, yeah. So that was not as exciting as I was hoping. And, uh, yeah, so eventually the highlights were over. He kind of came in for a kiss and I kind of ducked, ducked him a little and sent him on his merry way. Set my alarm for super early. I'm like, I got to get out of here first thing in the morning. I got a long haul home and I don't want to see him. But he phones me at like 545 in the morning to get me up to go across the parking lot for breakfast. And I can tell you, I was the least excited person at 5.45 in the morning to go for breakfast with this gentleman as I'd ever been. And when I get there, he's talking to his dad on the phone about how excited he is about his new girlfriend. And yeah, so it was a good time. And on the way home, he's texting me and all this stuff. And so I don't talk to him for, I don't know, a a month at least. And then I get a text from about a month later saying... Hey, you know, we haven't really seen each other in a while. I don't really think this is working out. I think we should see other people. Oh, I dumped you over text. Dumped me (laughs) over text. And I didn't even know we were dating, which happens a lot to Uh, me. You know, like I've, I've done, I've had that too before. Have you ever dumped anybody over text? No, 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 never. Well, no, that's a lie. You know, when like MSN messenger was around. Oh yeah. I broke up with girls on MSN messenger. Like it's my day job. Grade eight. 
Yeah, you had a lot of girlfriends, hey? No. Oh, you just broke up with girls that weren't your girlfriend? They were like my girlfriend for a week. Oh, yeah. yeah like yeah. I had one girlfriend in grade nine for like a month. That's like, or, no, actually the longest girlfriend I've ever had in my life was like in grade seven for three months. Holy cow. Yeah, That's big. exciting. It was a big day. Mm-hmm. And th- that was back when like grade sevens were just holding hands and. Uh-huh. We kissed a couple times. Yeah, it was pretty yeah, cool. yeah. It's not what grade sevens are doing now. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Eating Tide Pods and stuff. <laughs> Tide pods. So that's the worst. There's actually been an update on here. Oh, gentlemen from yes, out east. They're at can out you east. Tell the, can you tell the? the I can tell the, the, the fine listeners about what happened to this fine gentleman. So the sequel to my story of Swift Current was that uh, I don't know about a year or so later. I'm cruising Facebook and somebody on my friends list had liked this story about FarmersOnly.com and how they're really pushing their new platform in Canada and there's some success stories to talk about. So I click on the link and I'm checking it out. And there's this guy that I went on this date with and he's met someone on farmersonly.com and now they're getting, they're married and she's pregnant. Wow. And there's billboards and news articles and all this stuff all about this guy, but he has found love since me and, uh, it's all well. So I, I would like to throw out a big congratulations to this guy and him and his lady and uh, good work on... That's She's the other woman she, he oh, left you for. Right? Dagger. I've been, I've been crushed. Yeah. I well. mean, like, you can't, like, sometimes you just can't win them all. Was it meant to be, obviously. It was not meant all to be. All was not meant to be. You were meant to be a <laughs> Mexican Mennonite, Mennonite woman. Mexican. Living, living in the... Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> That's an unreal story. I love it. Yeah, yeah, one of many. It, it was a, it was a long day. So, so do you have any advice for the guys on these dating apps? Like what they, like what attracts you to a dating profile? Like what, what would you suggest to say buddy over there? Buddy over there. This what, is what'll make me swipe this is, right. This is what, yeah. What make, what is the key to getting a swipe right? I'm a big, make me laugh in two sentences or less and I will swipe right. Pictures or no pictures, don't even care. Really? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's a everybody thing, but I, you know, if you can make me laugh in two sentences and you're in there, what's showing on the bottom of the Tinder screen, that's awesome. That's a, that's tough. It is tough, but it's like a, it's a super, you know, it kind of, you know, overrules anything else you can see on those, I think, um, for me. Um, that and, you know, Group pictures, super hard to deal with. You never know who yeah, it is. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, and, and you know, shirtless gym selfies are the worst. Oh. I'm sorry. That's probably on your profile. I'm not on, I'm not on the, the dating <laughs> websites. I'm, I'm going the organic route. Oh, nice, yeah. nice. Meeting girls in bars? No, I don't even go to the bar. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just kidding. <laughs> but I usually, I'm usually not talking to girls at the bars anyways. I'm, Having fun with the boys. That's fine. Yeah. But no, I, yeah, I'm off, I'm off the dating websites. Off the market. Yeah. Basically. Pretty much. That's cool. It's complicated. (laughs) (laughs) Status update. It's live. It's It's complicated. complicated. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's fine. That's as far as I'll go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) We're making this about you. Before I get into trouble. (laughs) That's as far as we'll go for that one. I just refuse to ever change my dating status on Facebook. I just... Too many questions. Yeah, I don't. I haven't done that before. Yeah, I did. It I well. mean, I've done it, you know, as a joke with people. Yeah, I. Yeah, it's like it's tough because, like, if you date somebody and then you jump right into the old Facebook, it's like, oh, then you break up. It's like it's not. 
Like what happened? Yeah. And then there's the, the alternative is if you don't get in a, you know, the Facebook official relationship, are you, are you, you even, was it even, was it even? Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. It's crazy. So then was, is that the defining moment of relationship for you? Is it that, or like say like the first profile picture together, the first Instagram post together? For me, it's like if I take you home to meet my parents, which never happens. So for me, that's the big one. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there are a lot of people that are the, the Facebook official. Um, that's not my jam. Um, yeah, if I take you home to meet my parents, that's a, you're a shoe in. The parents, that's like the most nerve wracking thing ever is meeting the parents. It totally is. Yeah. And I'm, I'm much better with dads. Moms oh, yeah. scare the shit out of me. Man. I see. And I do good with the moms. Yeah. Moms love me. Yeah. I could. Yeah, I get that. Like I'm a pretty lovable young man. That's what I hear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is one of the things we do with all of our guests. We ask what their definition of cowboy shit is. So, Taylor, what is your definition of cowboy shit? Cowboy shit. I think cowboy shit is just getting after uh, what you want in life and, and putting in the work and taking the time and uh, getting after what you want. Uh, I, you know, it's a pretty short definition, I think. But for me, that's that's cowboy shit right there. That's good. I mean, sometimes cowboy shit is drinking too much beer. <laughs> yeah, I think we've all been there for yeah. that one. Well, Taylor, thanks for coming in and giving us some of your time. And thanks for having me. Us some and, of your uh, Tinder farmers only nightmares. Oh, I mean, we've, well, all, if, we've if, all been there. And if anybody wants to uh, check out some more random, horrible dating stories of mine, I, I do have a website. You can. Check out uh, whiskeyandpicklejuice.com. There's a few stories on there, and I'm working on getting some more of the, the tough ones, like going on a date with a homeless guy on there. So Ooh, you're going to want to check that out. That's going to be a good one. You're going to want to check that out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check that one out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, give it a All go. Right. Awesome. Thanks, Taylor. Thanks, Appreciate Wacy. it. Last episode, we spoke to former professional bullfighter Scott Byrne. In this segment, we're giving you part two. It's Cowboy Stuff with Ted and Weesey, brought to you by Everything Cowboy. You went to the CFR 14 times. You would have been to Calgary 15, 16, 17 times? Yeah, 16 times, I think. is there. There's several numbers went around there in the final year, but it was about 16 times because I, I went there on my permit in 97. Um, Winston Bruce, who very thankful, um, called me out of the blue and, uh, funny story. He asked me, I had done a couple slacks at Rodeo Royal that spring and never really thought too much of Calgary Stampede or, you know, never fathomed that I would be able to go. And he called me out of the blue and he asked me, he said, would you like to come to our summer rodeo? And of course, being young and excitable, I was just like, uh, summer rodeo, summer rodeo, what's this? Oh, oh, Calgary Stampede. I said, yeah, I'd love to. And he actually asked me how much I'd like to get paid. And I told him and he said, no, I won't pay you that. I'll pay you this. But (laughs) he he just wanted to feel me out to see what I wanted. And apparently I was too high. So to get the call, like that really opened up my career at Calgary, in my opinion, is him taking a chance on, on a permit bullfighter to do the first perf of the 10 days, you know, and, you know, let people on a bigger stage even me and just ended up getting rodeos out of the whole deal and the way we went, right? So, Well, and that, for you to go there on your permit in 1997, you only started fighting bulls in 1995, you said. Yeah. Well, that's pretty yeah, quick. I know. That's pretty quick. It was, it was crazy. Yeah, it was really quick. I had a couple of years off there and whatever, but uh, no, it was very quick. And, and I'm kind of going back to putting your name in for the CFR for, you know, three or four years. I look back now and, you know, as much as I thought I was ready, I wasn't. And I'm glad that 
I know it's a tough pill to swallow at the time, but I'm glad I didn't go right off the hop because, you know, I wasn't, my skills weren't, you know, where they needed to be, to be there. And obviously it showed in the voting and guys knew. And I often refer to that story when I'm teaching kids at schools that, you know, don't be in a real big hurry to zip up to, to the top and, and try and, you know, get your pro card too soon or whatever, because it takes a lot longer. If you go up there and make an ass of yourself, it takes a lot longer to go back down, regroup, and then work your way back up again. So you may as well just spend the extra time and do it right right off the bat. In regards to the school, what would be your biggest suggestion to bullfighters or rodeo athletes? Well, you know, at the schools every year, we get all types of, of people wanting to do it. And you know what? It's great try it as long as when you're out there trying it you're giving it 110 percent and taking in what you're being taught it's easy to say you know i want to be a bullfighter when you're you know standing around with a gang on the corner kind of deal but it's a whole different ball game when um when you step in there and i'm talking more from the bullfighting end of it when you step in there and you realize that you got someone you know life in your hands basically and it's your job to put your body in between and it's funny, like the schools, you can have 10 kids, you can have eight kids, you have six kids, and when you're standing there talking to them and, and you say that to them, that it's your job to, you know, put your body on the line, possibly pay the ultimate price to make sure another guy um, walks out of there safe. You can kind of pick out the people that have been beat right there on the spot, right? Biggest thing is to make sure that you're willing to, to take that shot for that cowboy and make sure you're 110%. That's, that's my biggest thing at schools is that it's 110%. There's no, there's no half-ass in it. So um, some people need a little prodding to get them into that zone, but um, other ones take to it right away, and it's very gratifying to see. Speaking of paying the ultimate price, let's talk about the worst wreck of your career. Me personally? Oh, you know what? I was fortunate. I, you know, other than I had torn knees and, and you know, tailbone, broken <laughs> tailbones and ribs, lots of ribs and fingers and stuff. But the one that, that causes me the most grief now, um, today is, is probably in Pinocchio when I got my face stepped on. And I know I didn't, uh, you know, I only took a day off and I was back out there, but, uh, um, I probably should have, you know, once again, um, what's kind of a lesson we've all learned here in the last year. I should have taken it further, went and seen a specialist to look at my face and, uh, make sure everything was, was good. And, and obviously it wasn't quite a bit of pain, quite a bit of nerve damage. And when I scratch my forehead, it tingles down on my cheek. I don't know what that's what that's all about, but I know it's not right, but should have taken more time. But yeah, that, that have to be the one that, you know, hurt the most right at the time. And, and it's still kind of bothering me today for sure. Let's talk about the most fun story, bullfighting wise. Was it a traveling story or something that happened at an event? What's the funniest uh, story you can tell us that, uh, that we can say uh, on the radio? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Um, you can start with we, Armstrong if you really want. Well, that's I, actually, I was going to say, I may as well just start. Well, first, before that, there's just so many good times, like just like you say, traveling with TJ Baird and, um, you know, Jason Davidson and James Norrie and Jesse Byrne and Bowburn. And I was so fortunate to be able to work with a, a huge bunch of guys. You know, that's the stuff, like I said, right at the start that I miss is the, is the stories and the, and driving up down the road and, you know, bullshitting here and there, but, uh, 
Yeah, Ted, I think as far as, well, it's a two-sided story because it pissed me off at the time. <laughs> but, but telling it now is kind of funny, Ted. Uh, I wanted to get the heck out of Armstrong on Monday night as fast as I could. I needed to get back to Calgary and quite a few of the guys I was with were staying overnight one more night. I found you. You were working for, I think, Dodge at the time. And, yeah. And I said, uh, when are you heading out of here? And you said, soon as Rody's done, we're out of here. And I'm like, perfect. Are you, we'll go straight through to Calgary. Yep, you bet. And I figured while I'd fought bulls, you know, I'd worked and done whatever. And you could drive, you know, at least halfway. I, I was hoping for half. <laughs> um, and boy, were you out, wrong. Boy, turns out Ted drove a half a kilometer <laughs> outside Armstrong, and I'll never forget that. I, you looked at me, and you're, I was in the passenger seat, and you're like, I don't think I can do this. I, I, I said, what? I, I don't think I can drive anymore. I'm like, gee, I can't even swear that much on, on, on a podcast. So anyway... <laughs> I threw you out, put you in the passenger seat, and I drove straight from Armstrong, B.C. to Brandon, Manitoba in one... In one, one sitting. One sitting. I, <laughs> I, Ted woke up somewhere where... <laughs> By Canmore, got, in Calgary. No, yeah. Canmore. You got to talk, talk, talk about the Canmore story when we stopped there. Well, Cam, in Canmore, we... That's where I woke up. In, this is where I woke up after this Armstrong. This is where you woke up. Three and, and a half uh, later after you... Bonk my head off the door of the friggin' truck like eight <laughs> yeah. times going through the mountains. Yeah, More like eighty we, times because you just you woke me up, up every and time. we woke up or you woke up in Canmore and I pulled into an Esso to try and get some fuel. We were getting pretty low on fuel. And I, <laughs> I pulled in and there was this tarp on the ground and I didn't know what the heck it was, so I kind of drove around it pretty close to it though. And God damned if a guy and a dog jumped out from underneath it. Yeah. And, I, I like I was inches running over that guy's head. And well, you stopped before it. Like he was in front, and you were like going to drive over. You just thought it was a tarp. Yeah. And this friggin' guy just jumps out from underneath this thing. He was sleeping on the grass, and the sprinklers cut in or something. So he moved to you know right in front of the pump where people drive. Yeah. Um, Good. Spot. Anyways, the funniest part of the whole story when we left there, <laughs> both both kind of had sick feelings in our stomach that we almost yeah. killed a guy. And we got back on the highway, and Ted looked at me and said. So what would we have done if we would have run him over? <laughs> I said, I suspect we would have called the police, Ted. I don't think we would have run from the law on that one. So, yeah. anyway. Would have been bad in my Ram truck with all the stickers on it. Ted kicked me out in Calgary. He went home and had a nap, and I kept driving another mm, 11 and a half hours. So. Yeah. Just, to, just from my side of the story, I did get hammer drunk the night before in Armstrong, and I yeah. stayed up pretty late, and then I uh, had to work all day. You yeah. know, like bullfighting's a tough job, but like I had to sit in a booth for like eight hours that day. So, oh no, I'll, I'll give you the I'll give you the part yeah. on you had to work all day, but I will not give you the part on. I don't think anybody held you down and poured it down your throat. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah, because we did talk about that on Saturday, so I should have probably not got so. Yeah, so, but deep down, you probably had that little voice saying, "Yeah, Scott will drive." You well. Know. I, if he yeah. wants to get home bad enough, he'll drive. <laughs> and he did. <laughs> <laughs> that was my plan the whole time. Yeah, exactly. The master plan. Talk about your school a little bit. Well, it, it's the Johansson Brothers um, Bull Riding School, a name synonymous with bull riding, not only bull riding, but with quality bull riding schools, along with Scott Schiffner and Jesse Torgelson this year, February uh, 
23rd, 4th, and 5th in Vermilion at the college. Outstanding school. Um, I do the bullfighting end of it. We got uh, seven kids so far on the bullfighting end of it. And uh, last I checked, which was last Thursday, Scott's bullriding end of it is filling up fast. Not full, but filling up fast. So it's great. Um, Scott brought in some cows last year just for some of the newer students to get on and, and even some of the further along students to get on just to work on technique and getting off. And it was surely was an added bonus to the whole deal. It, it just slowed things down for some of those kids. And not only that, oh, Volts and Ellie and uh, oh, there's three or four other contractors bringing bulls. And they got everything from, you know, young three-year-olds to some older veteran bulls. Um, the whole focus behind the school is we're not there to hurt somebody. And we definitely don't want to turn any students off of the sport. We want them to learn the proper technique and have fun doing it and have a positive outcome from it. Uh, we're not there to, you know, fuck bulls that we know are way out of their league. And, uh, you know, Jesse Torkson and Scott, um, they, they pretty much, you know, do most of the teaching now. And, you know, Jesse, for being a quiet fellow, Jesse never says too much, but, man, just last year listening to him teach, you know, what, how he teaches it and how he talks. Those kids listen and they get it. And Schiffner, well, what more can you say about that guy? If he doesn't know the right way of riding bulls, there nobody does because he's phenomenal. And um, his biggest thing is just doing things properly and having fun doing it and learning the right way right off the bat. And, and that's with my school too. I, I'd i rather, you know, kids, I got another kid coming back this year. I actually have a girl coming this year. She's to bullfight? Yep, to the bullfighting no school. I have uh, had a couple girls in the past take the school, um, and I have a, a 50-year-old gentleman, 49 I think he is, uh, taking it this year for the first time. So he's going to give her a whirl, and we'll see where it goes from there. But that's the biggest thing with me is I want kids to learn how to do it right, and I want them to learn how to fight bulls right off the bat in the two-man system because that's something that's here to stay, and that's something that's so important for the safety of bull riders, not only bull riders, but also for two bullfighters out there, you can work bulls so much better and, you know, each other's got each other's backs when one's down. And once the kids learn, you know, how they're supposed to work across from each other and stuff, you can see it click and it, and it works good. The biggest thing is just we want kids to learn how to do it right and develop some good habits. And, you know, I always say from my end of it, uh, you're just going to take bits of what I can teach you, you know, and you're going to take bits of the next school you go to or whatever, and you're going to develop your own style and, take it from there but as long as you have the fundamentals um the world's your oyster so one thing we do with all of our guests is we ask them what our definition of cowboy shit is and i guess we want to hear what your definition of cowboy shit would be <laughs> definition of cowboy shit well i think it's just all the stuff that's related with being a cowboy that's cowboy shit it's, <laughs> it's everything that can be segued back or talked about or stories or the whole ball of wax right you know whether you're working on a ranch or you're riding a bull or riding a bronc or roping a calf or doing whatever. And actually, that being said, the name is so cool. Man, that is cowboy shit right there. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, yeah. Scott, I want to go back to your last question, though, with the school stuff. And I want to know what your thoughts are on the future of our sport and what our you know, strengths and weaknesses are moving forward. We, you know, We had those events out east last year. Quebec City, the TV stuff, like we're at a pretty damn exciting time for bull riding in the in the sport of Canada. I want to I want to hear your thoughts on that. Well, I, I I think the world's our oyster in that end of it too. Um, we've got 
second to none events, which Ted, you've been involved in, and and I have too, not only fighting bulls at them, but also on the other end of it now. Um, I think our future is bright, and I think um, you know we just gotta take baby steps and and embrace everything we can and and develop. We're we're developing obviously a following of bull riding. We just you know we just got to find a way to keep it going and keep the momentum going. And I don't think we can afford to have a big space again without some of these bigger events and, and the TV and everything because I've seen it. You know, TV come and go several times in my career, and it seems like when it goes, it's so hard to bring it back again one more time, one more time. And uh, I think here in Canada, I know. Just from, um, I guess it would have been in 2016, or no, 17, when we had the full episodes running, um, there was beginning to be a huge following, and uh, I think we just need to build on that as as uh, economically as we can and keep it going, and the rest will fall into place. As far as the stock, well, we know we have no lack of excellent bull riding stock in Canada and no lack of bull riders either, and that if we can just keep product out there and we build it they'll come right probably almost getting to your bedtime by now <laughs> well yeah you know i, I gotta go change my i know there's gonna be some form of old joke in there somewhere <laughs> i won't even lead into no, it anymore i'm not gonna do it i'm not gonna go there okay i appreciate that <laughs> yeah appreciate that no it's been a blast thank you i, I enjoy talking to you guys and uh yeah. all the best with cowboy shit and we'll see you guys somewhere around for sure down somewhere. the road might be verdant i want to come crash on your uh couch in your trailer again go camping with the burn family well yeah always welcome always welcome you know ted ted maybe this time you could like bring a pair of work jeans maybe (laughs) ted doesn't doesn't have work jeans i did bring work jeans i helped you that one day well that one day 45 minutes yeah it was like yeah maybe like 30 (laughs) that's a week's worth you're always welcome (laughs) everybody's always welcome out here whenever you get out this way i know everybody says man it's a long ways away well if there's some reason you're headed this way, anybody's welcome. It's February 14th, 2018. The guys wrap up this episode today with news from the PRCA. It's Cowboy Stuff with Ted and Wacy, brought to you by Everything Cowboy. Holy Santa Claus shit. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Taylor. Yeah, how about that? Holy crap. How about that? Ooh, how about that? Quite a story. Quite a, the old social media dating <laughs> zone. That's unreal, man. I could never, I couldn't imagine that happening. That was wild, wasn't it? Do you have any social or any Ooh. online dating horror stories to tell the people? Um, decline to comment on that. No comment. Fair no enough. comment. Nope. Nope. No comment. Um, That's fair. There, yeah, I got nothing to say there. There's some weird shit that goes on. I smell so weird. Like, it's like, <laughs> you ever watch the TV show Catfish? No, I have not. Oh, it's unreal. Hmm. Like, they'll be like, you like, these people like have like full on online relationships and then they go find like who the person they are. And like, it could be like a, like a 50 year old dude. Oh really? It's so weird. Ooh. Yeah. That was hilarious. I remember yeah, reading that good. story online and that's why uh-huh. I said we have it's Ted such a, it's story. such a good story. It's man. so good. And she tells a great story too. Yeah, she did. She well, did of course get Taylor back on to just tell stories once in a while. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. We that they, how they met like fucking in <sighs> swift current. Oh, I can't believe she drove to Swift Current. That's what I mean. That's like, wow. Yeah. That's dedication. It's aggressive. I have a hard time driving from the here. The guy knew it was game on. She drove to Swift Current. Eh. First love. <laughs> first date. First girlfriend. That was his girlfriend. She she was his I can, girlfriend. Can you, oh, that's so funny. Man. That was great. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, Scotty Scott yeah, back in the game. Scott, finish up our uh, saga of Scott Byrne. Mm-hmm. He's, yeah. quite, he's quite the guy. The legend. Scott. I, like, the legend. I like when he talks about back in his bull riding days. That's so funny. Man. Oh, isn't it good? Yeah, I love it. Reminds me of our bull riding days a little bit. I no, see. Well, no you one, did better than I. So did. No one like pulled pulled us aside and be like, "Hey, man, like you, you should." No, nobody said this. that. That's cool. Thanks, thankfully, his uncle Ryan did. Yeah, <laughs> good, good man. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, great show. Um, you know, we didn't talk about this this one though. This uh, segment though, yet was uh, the PRCA got a new CEO. Oh yeah, this is like month old news now, but uh, it's pretty. It's pretty huge. PRCA, yeah. So I actually have this webpage. Hold on. Let me find it here. Let me find it here. PRCA named George Taylor as its C- CEO. And this is on, this is old news. This is January 10th. But we can talk about it because it's more of the, uh, it's not about the news part of it, but it's about the, uh, the person. I want to say the ideas in the person, right? Mm-hmm. Like we want to talk about what this means for rodeo. So that's huge. Yeah. So Carl Stressman was a former uh, commissioner. So, George Taylor is the CEO now. So this looks like a little bit of a restructuring from the PRCA. Taylor began January 22nd, so he's been almost been there almost a month now. I'm honored and humbled to have the opportunity to lead an organization with the history and the brand recognition of the PRCA, Taylor said. It's a dream for me to be involved, and I couldn't be more excited about the future potential of our membership and the PRCA team. Over his 19 years with Caterpillar, Taylor, 56, also served as Chief Marketing Officer and President of Caterpillar Venture Capital, where he and his team drove enterprise brand innovation and digital transformations for the industry-leading Fortune 50 company. Before working for Caterpillar, Taylor had extensive executive experience with IBM. He holds an MBA from the University of Illinois and a BS in computer science from the Illinois State University. So IBM and Caterpillar. Two huge companies. Yeah, and now this guy's running the PRCA. Like, this is uh, seems pretty wild. Yeah, so what, like, what, do you, what are your thoughts on a... Uh non-rodeo guy coming into the scene. Well, what I like here is he has a real resume. Like, right. There's this stuff can be researched and people can see that he actually worked here. And this is like, is actually actually where he came from, which is really, I think it's really cool. And these are like real ginormous, reputable companies. Mm-hmm. They're, uh, I think those are good things. And it, I mean, for me on the technology side of things, I'm not a, I don't know a lot about all of it. And I really just, I feel like we're more, you and I are more content guys and the website is, I don't know a lot technically about the website where this guy, it sounds like he does know some of the business that way. And I've heard some about, uh, among his early goals, Taylor wants to hear from PRCA members. First of all, I'm going to spend time listening to the membership of the PRCA and the staff to prioritize initiatives that will move us forward. Secondly, I think that we need to physically and digitally innovate both the cu- customer and member experiences. We have to keep advancing our sport to drive fan and membership engagement. Leveraging digital technologies and rodeo content will be an important aspect of that. Lastly, PRCA needs to continue to expand rodeo's reach to increase our fan base and deliver Western lifestyle experience around the globe. In the, in the end, it's about continuing to grow revenue and the PRCA Pro Rodeo brand for the benefit of its members. So again, it's a member, PRCA is a member op, uh, organization and they, uh, they've done a really good job in the recent years about making it more of a business, I want to say, mm-hmm. and doing, you know, well, that's, Carl so, that's the way you have to look at it anyways. Like, yeah. it's, it's a, it is a business, so yeah. you Whereas treat it like a business. They're, they have got more into the production of the, like they did in previous years where they did the, the, uh, oh, what do you call it? Like the series, uh, what was it? The Champions Challenges. Oh, yeah, yeah. They did those, and that was kind of a PRCA produced thing for TV, and this year they've gone away from that again. Mm-hmm. 
which I don't know. The PRCA has never really been in the business of producing rodeos as much as they are a sanctioning body. Right. Same thing as the CPRA. The CPRA doesn't produce any rodeos. The only producing that they do is the grassroots finals in Calgary. Right. And, you know, even the CFR was produced by Northlands up until this year. Mm-hmm. We're going to see what happens. By now, we might know what the deal is, but CPRA is not in the business of producing rodeos. They're in the sanctioning business. So interesting that he says, talks about digital technologies and rodeo content. That, to me, that is a big uh, pumper of pro rodeo TV. Uh, for me, I work with the Wrangler Network, so I don't know what that's going to mean for them. They still have a contract where they can do 30 rodeos, I believe. But uh, then you got Flow Rodeo, and then I think that's the only stream guys that are doing streaming at this point. But like, there's not a lot of market opportunity there for the biggest rodeos, and there's no. only so many that people are going to pay for. And I don't know where this is all going to go that way. But Wrangler's a free platform. The TV, the Pro Rodeo TV, is a paid platform. And I think you're going to find people who want to to lean towards the free stuff, right? Like nobody yeah. wants to pay for streaming services. Like well, and people pay for your Netflix and stuff, but it's yeah. eight bucks yeah. a month. And that, I think that's what that's kind of the same model they're going for. But uh, on the same note, like the rodeo fan, the people that are going to buy it are going to be rodeo fans. Mm-hmm. Like the Wrangler network brand, I want to say that they can get to more fans, you get more people. Cause it's free. So you can yeah. reach out to the people who might be casual fans. Yeah, exactly. Might be, like new fans. The only people that are going to, I mean, I don't, I don't want to bash it. I'm not, I'm not trying to bash it. It's just going to be like a kind of serving their own members. It's going to be like, they're going to make money off their members. It's That's about TV. Yeah. Really. I don't know what else, you know, well, there are some put, rodeo fans, but putting yourself in the, in the shoes of a new fan, like, are you going to pay for a streaming yeah. service when you don't really know what it's about? Yeah. Or are you going to go somewhere where it's yeah. free, like the Wrangler network or, and the, they do, I do have to say that production in the United States is a, they do a way better job there than we do up here. And like, that's just straight up. No offense to anyone up here, but the, a lot of the rodeo contractors down there do a really kick-ass job of producing rodeos and the great content as far as rodeo-wise. So they have a great product, and I think that's where their new fans are going to come from is is the actual rodeos and people seeing them live. So I think it's more of a... I think I'm hoping that what he says by digital technologies and content is more of a getting the content on TV again where it's going to be seen by more eyes, like the, you know, the CBS... Uh, deal CBS Sport ne- Network is a good deal. Maybe they can get some CBS yeah. time, you know. Find, and like finding a way time. to get people to the events is I think that's yeah. huge for rodeo yeah. like right now. Like yeah. the more people you can get coming to the events is how you get make new fans. Yeah, exactly. So maybe this is something where rodeo can be on the in the big magazines again and mm-hmm. you know, maybe the American becomes a PRCA rodeo somehow. Maybe that becomes something. Maybe you know, maybe their plan is to have Calgary and Houston join back up. Like, I mean, to get all that, get all the rodeos on one, on one, uh, playing field, playing field. Yeah. I guess you could say one playing foot or one, one sanctioning body or having that, having that top tour within the PRCA that is a rodeo like Calgary and it is a rodeo like Houston where they have the top tour, the top guys go all the places. Like that's where I see the PRCA really thriving, thriving is, mm-hmm. is bringing it all back together. I think that's where they're going to have the most success. I don't think another break off association no. like the ERA or anything, anyone like that. That's not think, the answer, man. No, it's not. I think it's a PRC. I think the PRCA has strengthened their numbers. And mm-hmm. I think, I think that they are the ones that can bring Calgary right, and ship. Houston mm-hmm. back. And there's a way that they can put it all together and still make it a PRCA event. They just have to bend their, you know, maybe not bend the rules, but be open to uh, expanding and changing the the mold that it all fits in, mm-hmm. so that they can make it a the world series of rodeo or whatever. Yeah, whatever I understand. Like have be. your top end, and that's yeah. that's what you need to do. And the like, feeder system, they already have the feeder system. Yeah, just they just need to groom the top end so that they can 
they can uh, make it work. And with it being a membership driven organization, that makes it more challenging because the members all want to say, and every member might want to go to every rodeo where they really probably shouldn't. But the, but that's the thing though, like even right now with Houston and the American and Calgary, like only the top guys are going. So if you want to go yeah. to those rodeos, be in the top. Yeah. Or they can make every rodeo like the American. You want to go to Houston? Well, you got to go to the, all these qualifiers to get in, mm-hmm. right? Like, or the, maybe the qualifiers, instead of being the random events, the qualifiers are these smaller rodeos and it helps those rodeos for entry. Uh, one, which you would end up being your top guys again, right? Like you get your top yeah, guys yeah. standing. So it's, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm just saying the qualifier system, instead of being standalone events, like they might be, you put them those qualifiers as rodeos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's, it that'd be a good drive. way to do it. You'd have it as like, yeah, yeah like a, the circuit. It's a feeder system. Get, yeah. Just yeah, like exactly. what, the, what the PBR is doing. And yeah. I think they have a great model that can be followed by anyone really. Like looking at Calgary with some of the, like you see like there'll be someone who's riding hot, but they're not going to stampede. Like there'll be someone who's on top in the world or yeah. that could change. Like you could, ha- you could have that guy or that rookie who's having a good year yeah. show up at those big events. And that's true. So, I mean, maybe it, Calgary has qualifiers. How about yeah, that? Open be. some doors like for that way. You know what yeah. I mean? Like no, there's, there's lots of ways for it to grow. And I think that's the only way f- that it's going to grow is if everybody kind of gets on the, gets on the same page and gets it happening. Well, that's it for episode number six. We'll be back on February 28th, another Wednesday. It's not next Wednesday. It's Wednesday after that. I'll have an update on how my date actually went. Yeah. We'll tell you how it went and we'll talk about, we'll talk about what happened at Red Deer and Claire's home and, um, what's coming up, what's coming up, what's happening in the world of professional rodeo. Adios amigo.